Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. And I feel so great compared to what I used to feel like back yeah, then, where like yeah. all my things were considered too weird, mm-hmm. too out there. I mean, obviously, being Asian, so like not being white, I'm already an outsider. Right. Um, I'm just happy that I didn't let that stuff like beat my creativity out of me. Mm. Not to toot my own horn, was, but I was feel, that a possibility that you felt like I feel like it was going to get beaten out of you? I feel like a lot of um, children of immigrants, you know, people of color, you're just like taught like you need to survive. New York, I know you have. Yeah, yeah. Every morning that I wake up, I think about my ambition. Humans, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of La Mescla, the show where we explore all the intricacies, intersections, and horrific awkwardness of being a mixed race or first generation human who grew up in this country. My name's Adrian Burke, uh, or Adrian Burke, if you are my mom, uh, or if you just want to pronounce my name correctly. Uh, I'm so excited to bring you another episode of this show. Hello to all the new people, and welcome back to all the people who are OG fans. Our guest this week is the incredible Donald Chang. Uh, Donald is a uh, first-generation Korean uh, comedian and actor and writer based in New York. I've had the pleasure of knowing and working with him for a few years now. Uh, He just started guest producing uh, Asian AF, which goes up at UCB in New York. Uh, And he's on the uh, UCB house team uh, Din Din, which is a great name. Uh, Donald is one of my favorite favorite performers in this city he could like truly read the phone book and make me laugh Uh, i was so excited to have him on the show we had a really great wide-ranging conversation about growing up in new york leaving and coming back uh developing an artistic voice as a first generation kid uh feeling kind of like an outsider at all points uh it was a really great conversation i'm excited for you to hear it can you tell that i'm hungover right now (laughs) That was unprofessional. I'm so sorry. Let's get into the episode. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Or not goodbye. Enjoy the episode. Wow, this one went off the rails. Let's listen to me and Don Chang. Bye. Honestly, yeah, I've heard a lot of those, and they're horror stories. So sorry. I'm so sorry for anybody who has to do that. Yeah. Uh, Hi, Don. Hey. (laughs) That is unfortunately the way we're opening this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So thank you so much for being here on La Mescla. Uh, Thank you for having me. Oh, my God, of course. We're old friends. Yeah. I'm surprised that I didn't have you on uh, earlier in the lineup. Honestly, me too. Every time I saw another of our friends on the show, I was like... I was worried this was going to go this way. Okay, well... 
I'm sorry. It's swerved to a dark place. Okay. Is there any way you can forgive me? Well, I guess we'll just continue. Okay, yeah, sure. So. Please, please cut that out. Please just cut that <laughs> out. That was weird. Not. That was gold. Okay. Absolutely not. Uh, so let's just start off with uh, where you grew up and where your parents are from. Sure, yeah. Um, so I'll start uh, the earliest place. My parents are from Korea. They came here um, separately because they came here as kids. My dad was, I think, six years old. And... Um, uh, him and his family moved to uh, Massachusetts. Okay. Like a small place in Massachusetts. And then they moved like around the East Coast. My mom came here when she was like in her teens, like 14. So both very young. So both very young as kids. Um, my mom's got like a much, well, they're both tough stories. My mom's is the really tragic one mm-hmm. where like her dad, her mom and dad separated when she was real young and they were still in Korea and it was bad separation. And then her mom had to like, sneak to see her like surprise her at school and stuff wow and then um then her dad came down with like uh liver cancer and uh, he had he like told her like i don't know where your mom is but you need to find her because i'm not going to be around very long holy shit yeah so i think she had to find her mom and did she yeah she did yeah yeah <laughs> i mean her, yeah it felt like a movie up to that no point it, it like, still is yeah. very much movie moment but like uh yeah i mean and, wh- we, and where did your mom end up in the states um i feel like the west coast and then eventually uh they came to new york because that's where my parents met they met in new york they met in new york in the city or in new york state so. um I'm, new york city at large i feel like there's probably queens gotcha is that um, what they call it, New York City at large. <laughs> that's what I call it. I, I I just, that's should've. kind of amazing. Isn't it at large like when somebody's like a fugitive or something? Yes, that's true. New York City at large. Do you want to start a show called New York City at large? <laughs> I would love that. I don't know what it would be. Maybe we just do a crime coverage. Yes. Everybody, everybody out there for people who don't, li- for people who listen to this that are not comedians, this is a classic interaction that comedians always have, which is we're going to do this thing that I we're definitely God. never going to do. Yeah. Oh, you, you want to do a podcast? Another podcast? Oh, just one video a week. No excuses. <laughs> anyway, yeah. okay, cool. So your parents meet in New York. They met in New York. Um, I think my dad was working with uh, my mom's brother. And then then my dad's... They went to like Atlantic City for just like a boys weekend. But my mom's brother just decided to drag her, even though she was underage, and couldn't go into the casinos with them. Whoa. So this is how they like first met. That's kind uh, of... Great. Yeah, it's it was um, you know it sounded nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then, then where where are you born? I was born in Flushing. Okay. So I think they they must have just stayed here. A Queens boy. Yeah, Queens boy. And did you stay in Flushing? No, I think at like a really young age when I was still a baby, we moved to Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my yeah my parents they ran like a New York deli, like a chain of delis. Okay. Um, uh, if, if anyone's from, like a natural New Yorker, you remember Dizzy Izzy? That was my family. Okay, <laughs> They made the Dizzy bagels uh, all over the city for like uh, film sets and for other big wow. restaurants and stuff. Did yeah, they and have hotels. a brick and mortar location or they were? It, uh, yeah, okay. it was uh, meatpacking. Okay. Um, there was like smack dab in the middle, like where all those really nice boutiques are now. Okay. That used to be my parents' like factory. Wow. I somehow never knew that you were like a through and through New Yorker. I somehow never knew that. I yeah. I assumed you were from like Massachusetts or something. I, I went to college in Mass. Where'd uh, you go? To Boston College. Okay. Yeah. I, I went to Boston University. We're supposed to hate each other. I know. I, I literally don't care though. There's a lot of BU people here that I love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. true. 
Uh, cool. So talk to me about like uh, growing up years. Like where, where are you going to school? Are you going to school in Manhattan? Like what kind of yeah. school is it? So I went to school at uh, PS 234 in Tribeca. Woo-woo! Okay. I've went by there very recently and I, I and remember... Did you live in Lower Manhattan? Or? Yeah, we lived in, uh, in Battery Park. Cool. Okay. Um, and I actually moved back into that building. Uh, this... I was there like, what, five years ago? I was living in the same building again. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. It was a, uh, it was interesting. That must be a weird full circle thing. It was a weird full circle thing because it was the first time I lived alone too, uh-huh. um, and it was just like weird to be back alone, but in the place where I grew up, yeah. where I'm used to having family. Holy shit! Yeah, and all these places from like when I was six years old, um, because also we moved away pre nine eleven, and coming back post nine eleven, I think it was the first time like being back in that neighborhood again, and it's just like everything's different but also exactly the same <laughs> yeah god fuck that's he- i mean i'm from the suburbs and 9-11 is heavy for me but yeah. i can't imagine that level of proximity to it where it, where were you oh our oh we moved to jersey at the time oh okay. but like our building is literally right across the street from that's where the two towers the fucking towers oh yeah you uh, almost said two towers i know i honestly i it's bad every time i I've called it, it we've all done it when i talk about lord of the rings movies yeah. i say that to <laughs> Um, that's how you know I'm a native New Yorker. Hey, baby. Yeah. Uh, wow, cool. So what kind of kids are you connecting with most in school? Because you're at a public school? Yeah, we're at a public school. And it was like this uh, experimental program where they, um, I don't know if it's actually experimental or they were just cheap and running out of space, <laughs> but they put uh, kindergarten and first grade together in the same classroom. Interesting. So I basically had the same, we had like older kids in our class and the same teacher for two years in a row. At each level or just there? Um, I didn't stay there very long, actually. Okay. I was there for just kindergarten and That's first grade. something I'm learning. One of my day jobs is teaching uh, this at this acting program for, like, kids mm-hmm. and teens in the city. And what I'm learning is, like, the city's full of these weird experimental schools. A lot of yeah. them are like, we don't have periods, and I <laughs> vape all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it. I don't remember much. It was, mm. we were little, so we learned about eggs and shoes and butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and are you, like, as you're getting older, I guess, getting into middle school, high school years, are you mm-hmm. already doing creative stuff, or are you... Oh, yeah. Um, from the earliest I remember, I was always a uh, drawer. I always mm-hmm. drew. Um, from, like, that was my earliest memories of doing anything. Wow. I would draw all the time. And um, Do you still? I'm trying to get back into it, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wish I, I wish I had done. I'm right. trash. I'm garbage at drawing things. Oh, I wish I was also still doing music. I mm. was... My mom, Asian parents, make their kids do music. Hey. So I remember doing, like, piano and flute from a young uh, age. My sister plays the flute. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd kept with it, too. Because, yeah, I wish I had, like, oh, a... Oh, here's one thing I never touched on, because this is applicable to, like, this uh, period of time, is what kind of... what What's the household like? Is it we're oh. being raised in Korean culture, or is it we're just kind of an American family? It's... Honestly, it's, like, uh, half and half, because um, I think my mom is the one that's more rooted in Korean culture, because mm-hmm. I think, you know, she came when she was still a teenager. Yeah. And then I think also her family that was here, um, they were, like... 
she had a lot more extended family here, mm-hmm. it, you know, so they could speak Korean and it was fine. Whereas my dad came at such a young age. Right. I think all his peers at that time, you know, were American kids. That's really interesting. So he doesn't. It's not that much of a time difference, but I the know fact that she was a teenager. Well, when you're a teenager, you're like really in your formative years. So it makes yeah. sense that she would like be holding on to it a lot more. It feels that way. And I'm also wondering if part of it's also like a, a gender difference too, mm-hmm. where like, um, you know, women are supposed to be shy, whereas boys have to like be tough. Mm. So he has to like, I don't know. I mean, I hear the stories of my dad growing up and I'm like, whoa, you were a, a bad boy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Did he pull some shit? I mean, like, yeah, he's talking about like, you know, as a real long, young kid, like him and his brother would like shoot potato. Gu- they made potato guns, what? which they don't sound super dangerous, but then I heard what they are. No, it's they're like, scary. He has a pipe with gunpowder yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it shoots a, a potato. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's pretty scary. And then like, at around like I don't know in his teens and twenties, like he had friends who were like uh, would get into street fights and like mm-hmm. steal. Ca- they would go to the airport and steal cars because they knew people <laughs> parked their cars there. Oh my god! Yeah, and then they would do like these crazy insurance. I don't think my dad did it, um, uh-huh. but like he told me these stories of his friends. They would like steal these cars or like they would get their own cars and try and make insurance money by. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Like... Um, they had built a ramp and they were going to drive their car into the East River and somehow get insurance money off of that. <laughs> wow, your dad ran with some people. Yeah, he did. That's he amazing. Did. I, I'm all for romanticizing that kind of thing. Oh, no, I, I am too. I mean, I think I'm of that age now where I'm starting to talk to my grandparents and like like my parents and aunts and uncles and just get all those stories. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I, feel like I hit that point in the last couple of years too where it's like, where you just kind of want to hear it and you think everything's funny as opposed to like, why didn't you tell me that? Which was kind I mean, of how I was when I was younger. Some of it's still, why didn't you tell me that? Sure, sure. But yeah. it's also like, I think, yeah, they maybe, I don't know. I mean, we're drinking too together. So yeah. it like comes oh, out that easier. That makes a big difference. That yeah, makes a big difference. Does. That wasn't a thing with me and my mom for a very long time. Oh, yeah. Me, especially my folks, I think also just started getting into wine. Mm. So we went, like when I went home literally this last like holiday, um, we just like sat at the table for like the entire night and drank like two or three bottles of wine together. Holy shit. Yeah. I was like, this Y'all feels... went hard. Yeah. It was, we went hard, <laughs> felt good, but also adult. Yeah. Yeah. What a weird threshold to cross. Yeah. No. Uh, so anyway, uh, how about, so you go to Boston for college. Yeah. So what, what was, was there any difference in the type of crowd you're running with? Are you doing like theater or comedy or stuff at the time? Let me take it back. Cause this is a lot more complicated. Oh, please, so, yeah. uh, second grade to uh, middle school, I went. We moved to Jersey. Like I said, we were not uh, around for nine eleven. We were in Jersey. Uh, it's like suburbs, so almost rural actually. So very few Asians, but like we did find like a cluster of Asian families. Like the ones we did find, we decided to just stick close with, yeah. and they became like our extended family, basically. Nice. Um, and then from there, we moved down to Florida to follow my dad's family. Oh wow, there were many steps I was not aware of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, so for basically like. Finishing up middle school and high school, I was in Florida. My pam- my parents are still down there. Um, and down there, it's like no 
Koreans really. Um, and like, it's like a big Filipino population, but like, mm, we don't, uh, we didn't connect. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. My parents don't go to church. So like that, we don't have that connection, which gotcha. I feel like a lot of Asians and I'm sure just a lot of different like immigrant families, they like will go to their church and True. that's how they'll yeah. meet people. But that's my family. Thing. My family never really, did. we sort of did out of obligation when I was young and then yeah. that fell away. Um, but whenever I go down to Peru, it's very, I become very hyper aware that like, oh yeah, no, they still go to church. <laughs> yeah. I, that's honestly what, how we met the Asian families in Jersey. Cause my mm -hmm. mom was like, oh, I'll start going to church. Or honestly, she probably used to go to church and I just didn't know it as a little kid, mm. but she made it a bigger thing. And then we just dropped it. Yeah. Um, I mean, at its best, it's what you described with finding a cluster of people. It's like finding that community. At yeah. its worst, it could be a lot of things. It, yeah, of course. A lot of a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now we're like experiencing because like my cousin at home, down in Florida, she's like, her, our family's pressuring her to get married. Oof. So she needs to get like a Korean man. Wow. Is that, like, a, is that a pressure that you have on you too? You feel? Um, I, so I've been in a relationship for seven years now. Right. right, um, right, right yeah. Right. My girlfriend's white. Um, but like, I think at the top it was kind of like that. And mm -hmm. I think, but it wasn't like hard. My mom just was like, she wasn't sure if this was a serious relationship. So she right. was like, if we can, like, yeah, we would love it if you were with a Korean woman. But she was kind of like, we'll cross that bridge when yeah, we, come, when to we come to it. But then they finally, my entire family met my girlfriend, Jill. They love her. Um, and now they're just like, they're, they're just happy. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. So did you that. ever have anything like that? No, no. Okay. no my mom is far too, like. <laughs> laid back my mom just kind of does it well because a lot this this sounds sadder than i mean it but a lot of like the way i was raised was just like my mom kind of scrambling around because she was a okay. single parent so it, things were less like strict rules and more just like i just don't want you to like i don't want you to fuck be a fuck up i yeah. just want you to like have <laughs> shit together survive while i'm like working full-time and raising you and your sister <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she's gonna listen to this. We'll see how we'll see how she reacts to that. Sometimes she listens. Uh, that's great. So, and then you're back in New York for high school years. No, sorry about this in Florida, Florida for high school. Florida for high school, and then that's Massachusetts for college. Okay, great. and then finished Boston College. Um, came to New York again to pursue. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. The arts. So, it's, so it's just bookend. New York is bookending everything. Yeah, New York is bookending okay. everything. Gotcha. So talk yeah. to me about Boston. Are you? Are you already doing comedy or performance stuff by the time you get there? Yeah, um, yeah I, I jump into it there. So I think I got interested in comedy um, pretty young age, I guess, like uh, middle school, early times. Because like, uh, I'm sure like a lot of Americans, my parents watched a lot of like the sitcoms, Seinfeld, Friends. Mm -hmm. And I got just, I think I felt this pride of being able to watch these, you know, older you know, adult shows uh, with my parents, even yeah. though I didn't get a lot of the jokes. Yeah. And I think I just loved that. And yeah, it was like the, the feeling mature, feeling anyway. mature. Yeah. And like, I got some of it, like, obviously, you know, uh, the character of Kramer is very fun to watch as uh -huh. a kid. And then like, I think I started watching comedy specials, like stand up specials at like 11. Mm. Like I saw it on comedy central and then that became my new thing. Yeah. I was not a music kid. I would buy comedy albums Me too. At, at coconuts. Me too. I had, so my, my mom and dad had a literal, like this is the it, it's a box a shoe box yeah full of videotapes that i was told i was not allowed to watch 
So of course, whenever they leave the house, like I went straight for that. And it was in like one of those like black shiny, like liquor store bags, mm -hmm. so, which was like, I guess they thought was nondescript, but I was like, I can pick that shit out anywhere. <laughs> and I would break into that, uh, I would break into that shoebox full of like VHSs. And it was always like Richard Pryor, George Carlin, oh, wow. and then like Caddyshack. It was just full of comedy, like full of like, <laughs> R-rated comedy. So then I would just like watch those videos. Eddie Murphy Delirious is like huge wow. in my family. And I watched Eddie Murphy Delirious when I was probably like nine i'm just something. curious is anyone else in your family like in in comedy like that's no nobody's nobody was in comedy but my dad when he was alive apparently yeah. uh, lord they might have lied to me <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're just gonna trick him we're just gonna tell him he was into comedy no apparently he was really into comedy so he had oh. all this uh stuff lying around so like that in a weird way that like shoebox full of videos is what got me into comedy not not in a weird way i think that's yeah. uh very very i mean honestly similar because like i was watching these stand-up specials with my dad mm. um and now it's like one of our things that we do together too is like that's great yeah they'll they'll contact me be like have you seen this special on netflix like i think netflix is yeah. weirdly helping our relationship were, too. were your parents very encouraging when you decided to get into comedy um yeah they were uh again it was another thing that like came from their childhood it was surprising uh, when I finally told them about it and they were very supportive because like my mom was in the arts. She was like a dancer in, in Korea. Have we talked about that? I don't think so. My mom well, came to this country partially because she was a dancer. Really? Yeah. That's I, nuts that we've never talked about that. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, she was a flamenco and modern dancer. Yeah, my I think my mom was in the like Miss Korea. She was like a background dancer. Like they had a bunch of kids as uh -huh. the for the Miss Korea pageant. I don't remember what year, but I saw a video of it. Oh my God. Yeah, so she did that. And then like I think... One of her aunts um, is, or you know, was a uh, Miss Korea. Mm. Um, she's like a model. Wow. So, yeah. Um, there was a crazy story there. She almost got kidnapped by a North Korean. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. During the pageant? Uh, somewhere. I think she was like in the Philippines, like at a, yeah, at some kind of event. Uh -huh. And she like got into an elevator and these two guys came on and they like grabbed her and they said like, you're coming with us. Um but there was like a, another, like a white guy there on the elevator and she just like grabbed onto that guy. <laughs> just wouldn't let go. There's a metaphor to be found somewhere in there, but I have no idea. Yeah, no, I know. It's weird. But also, you know what? The, the guy saved my aunt, so hey, I can't complain. Gotta love him. That's yeah. amazing and yeah. terrifying. Yeah, I know. That's that kind of, when, those are the kinds of stories where I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah the family has like, yeah, real yeah, experiences. Stories. Yeah, real experiences. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested in finding out more of those because I think I still the stories that I know are mostly like edited for cuteness. Yeah, and I kind of want to edit out the the family cuteness. And yeah, out. although that's a dangerous road to go down sometimes. That's true, but also like it, it's painful, but also sometimes it's it's necessary. With mm. enough time, you're just like I'm glad I heard this. Totally, totally, I yeah. agree. So talk to me about uh, coming back to New York. Oh, yes. Entering the scene, that kind of thing. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, so my parents were supportive of comedy. Mm -hmm. I did it in like middle school. There was like an after school comedy group a little bit. Okay. And then it made, I just decided to keep doing that. And then in college, did the. Uh, what kind of comedy did you do with the middle school group? They like did improv. Whoa, that's yeah. really cool. But it was like short form and proppy. So it was very much off sure. of Whose Line. Yeah. Obviously, Whose Line was like a development uh, in my life, too. Yeah. Of, of course, as yeah. it was for us all. I, yeah. mean, I never had like a comedy group. I would take like these acting classes or do these plays. Oh. And sometimes in rehearsals, we'd play improv games. Yeah. And that was sort of my introduction to it. But it, And it was always very Whose Line y stuff. Yeah, it was Whose Line. -y. And it wasn't very often, but also like, I was really shy. I honestly I didn't get over my 
social anxiety until like maybe a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so that's what kept me from doing a lot of theater. I did a little bit in, in high school yeah. and then in college, like just the opportunity of making friends with it. It was like so cool. Mm-hmm. felt great. Uh, and we discovered like the whole world of improv and we're like, Oh, we're going to pursue it. <laughs> We're going to make so much money. So much money, live that rock star life. And then, you know, obviously UCB came up. I'm from New York, so I was like, go back home. Yeah. And, uh, like, I don't know, take classes, explore the scene. That's beautiful. So talk to me about your experience in the scene. Have have you felt comfortable? Have you felt like you you found a tribe? Like, what's what's going on there? I think more than finding a tribe, I think what really helped was just being able to break out of my shell. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because, like, I feel every few years i feel like suddenly reawakened and being like wow i didn't understand what i was doing like mm. two years ago i wasn't like that's a good sign that means that yeah. you're changing <laughs> yeah exactly i think that's very good but it's just like interesting to feel like oh now i feel like completely open and like not shy at all yeah and then three years later i'll open you up even more and be like yeah. i didn't even know I what i was know. talking I, about i think in general as a rule if you look back on your life like two or three years ago and yeah. you feel like holy shit what was I doing? That's probably a good thing. That's true. No, I, I embrace that. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and you're still, you're still doing a bunch of improv, but I've also seen you do characters a bunch. Like, yeah. Talk to me about like spreading out beyond improv. Sure. Um, yeah, I think like it just, part of it is more just, you know, career stuff of like everybody mm-hmm. wants, uh, you need to be able to see you. They need to see you and like have your name connected to your own work that you're writing. Right. And uh, I used to try and do stand up because that's obviously what I saw a lot of. But it's just like it felt too personal, but also like mm. I couldn't find a unique voice. But like I really liked, you know, I love acting coming mm. from that background. So being able to mix comedy with acting, it was just like characters. That yeah. makes sense. It's something that's I can do by myself at any time. Um, I just started doing that like maybe two years ago just mm-hmm. writing a little bit and then started performing more and more um yeah and i love it it's like uh i don't know just like <laughs> it's where i can finally let out all my weird shit that i've locked inside of myself yeah. since like you're a real elementary fucking weirdo school. you're a real <laughs> well, thank you weird. i mean that as a, the highest no i take it as that because it was weird I, I recently ran into a guy that you that i used to go to um elementary school with uh-huh. we like did some uh charity work together um but it just like seeing him again like opened my eyes to like wow we've come so far and i feel so great compared to what i used to feel like back yeah. then where like yeah. all my things were considered too weird mm-hmm. too out there i mean obviously being asian so like not being white i'm already an outsider right um i'm just happy that i didn't let that stuff like beat my creativity out of me mm. not to toot my own horn was, but I was feel that like, a possibility that you felt like i feel like it was with, gonna get beaten out of you i feel like a lot of um children of immigrants you know people of color you're just like taught like you need to survive mm. so you shouldn't stand out yeah. um it's kind of like the what is it the squeaky mouse uh gets caught in the trap <laughs> it's the opposite of <laughs> the squeaky so. wheel gets oil there's like i'll uh, take your word for it sure yeah but i understand what you're saying yeah it's like the kind of what i was describing earlier not completely about having an immigrant parent but everything comes back to your parentage like yeah. when it feels like your parent is like i just want you it's that pressure of like well they came here from another country i need to just like uh, not focus on like this hoity-toity stuff but yeah. just like having a job paying yeah. my rent giving like, back to them yeah, if yeah, you can yeah. um yeah yeah the very 
like basic pressure of that. But it's, I think I feel it's also like a social and peer thing of like, um, I don't know when I'm at school, especially at a school that didn't have too many Asians, um, at a, like, you know, kids, it's, if, unless you go to an artsy school, mm-hmm. kids will punish you for being creative. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I guess it's not just me, but like, I think particularly when you don't look like everybody else, it's right. just an additional thing that they're going to knock you down for. Yeah. So just like, yeah, I'm just happy, uh, that that didn't happen. You made it through. Yeah. We made it through. Um, still having fun, being able to like unlock a lot of those things and mm. those feelings. And that's where I feel like I go to for a lot of these characters. Well, like, I was about to ask, like in terms of the, like the actual content of your work, how mm. much, if at all, and it's fine if the answer is like not really at all, like how much do you think your upbringing is coming into it? I think a lot. Um, not as much like, um, I don't know. I So I, I recently did a, a, a POC character showcase the other night mm-hmm. and every other person on the on the lineup like did a character based off of like their identity their, their, identity, their uh and i i did not <laughs> and i was like there's oh, nothing wrong with that there isn't but it just like it made me think back on that i was like oh i guess none of my stuff is actually based off of my uh my like racial identity well right? i mean in direct con- in, a, in a direct content way but in terms of like the way you yeah. approach writing like there's no way for it not to enter you know what i mean yeah i talked to colson a little bit about this when he mm-hmm. was on because he also 99% of the stuff he writes is like not dealing with like being Cuban or like being mixed or, or yeah. anything really. Uh, and I think it's just like really interesting, which like either mixed or first gen artists feel like they need to go at it directly and make mm-hmm. that the content of their work and how many of them just want to let it be like the, the tea bag that's infusing the water <laughs> of their work that was a really good metaphor i honestly liked it okay thank it's just, you yeah tea bag has, is a, has a lot of connotations to it but sure, that was a nice yeah, one yeah, yeah. so what um, yeah. what do you think is your tea bag my tea bag i think is more <laughs> just like uh yeah good word is uh i think like a lot of my social anxiety and like and sadness mm-hmm. you know getting into that deep artist place but like all of my characters, I think, are suffering. And maybe that's just characters in general. Like, they're, that's what drives a lot of people. No. no, no maybe not. Okay. No. All right. All my characters, <laughs> all my characters are kidding. suffering. I've tried to write, not tried, but I've written a few, like, either short films or, like, half of a pilot in the yeah. last year. And all of them involve grief in some way. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Like, it's impossible not to bring that shit out. Yeah. And it's just, like, I that's my favorite is like watching a character deal with it. Um, and I try not to like make light of the pain. It it just, I feel like I want to hit it at a place where like, um, we all experience it or at least understand that pain. Yeah. And this person is still fighting through it. And it is very funny to see someone fight through it instead of accepting it. Totally. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it's, it's universally relatable. Like it, that, that's what makes it, just as valid as like doing straight political or like socioeconomic material or like mm-hmm. fully topical material that like you're exploring something that literally everybody in the world deals with. Yeah. And that's what I appreciate. And I'm always surprised too, cause I feel my stuff is a little darker mm-hmm. and, um, one of my characters, like I, is very dark and is about loss. And I, um, I always I have the, my first line is literally how I check if the audience is going to love this or if I'm going to have two minutes of a terrible show. <laughs> At least it's only two minutes. That's true. I mean, that's true. <laughs> if it was like a 10-minute set, <laughs> I would not like 
I would not put a line at the top that was an indicator of whether or not <laughs> just for my own mental health. Oh, I mean, it's also it's not like I purposely put that line there, but it is as soon as I get a reaction from that line, I can take a deep breath and be like, all right, this is going to be fine. That is nice. That yeah. is nice. Now I'm thinking about the way I can do that with a, a set I'm doing tonight. Oh, yeah? <laughs> we'll right. see. We'll see. Please tell me how it goes. Uh, I will. I will. But I have to think of the right test, like the test line at the top. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, Okay, beautiful. We're doing good on time. Uh, so how about, uh, talk to me about like the specific actual projects you're working on. Sure. Um, so, uh, oh, this is actually going to be, yeah, I'm going to announce it because I haven't talked to anyone else about this. Is but this an exclusive? This is an exclusive. This All is right. a this fucking is, you got a scoop. Hot, the hot scoop right this here. This is like probably not going to come out for another week and a half. That's fine. It's not that soon. Okay, um, cool. But uh, I'm working this is with a La Mescla scoop. Everyone. Yeah, I'm working with, uh, with Chloe Kozer, our mutual friend. Uh-huh. Um, we're bringing back Maestros. <gasps> <laughs> oh, okay. I need to explain this. So, <laughs> so this is a bit I saw you do. What, like two years ago? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Th- that I remember incredibly vividly because I cried laughing and i'm pretty sure grabbed you afterwards to tell you it was the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life and i'm so excited that it's coming back can you tell like just uh, my mom's friends who listen to this sure uh adrian's mom's friends uh so what happened is my top demo hi (laughs) my mom's friends maestros is uh uh basically uh mike one of my i do a character and my my partner chloe is going to do a character we are uh acting teachers and it's just an amalgamation of every bad uh trope and stereotype of acting teachers and we mash them into one and then we teach an acting performance class sometimes we'll have uh actual guests as like other actors comedians you were a guest on it actually the best day of my life that was our my favorite show Literally, I that was my favorite show. Loved like that it. entire experience. It was very nice. We it was a we did a musical themed show. We had uh, we had Adrian on and a bunch of other singers on, uh-huh. and then it ended with us all doing an improvised <laughs> musical piece together. Uh, that was oh, wonderful. It was a beautiful disaster. I'd yeah, say. that's so cool. I'm so happy that that's coming back. Yeah, and uh, we're slowly working on it. We're going to try and get dates. Um, mm-hmm. But we have here with some material coming together. I love like one thing I love about your style as a comedian is just like I to me, and this is not me just like sucking your dick for no reason. Like please, to, like to me when I watch you on on stage, I'm like, oh, that dude's fearless, <laughs> and like it's great to hear you like behind like behind the curtain. You're like, I'm fucking terrified. Oh my but, god, like, you yeah. come off like uber confident and like fearless on stage. I mean, that's oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, but I feel also that's like a thing that has just been learned in the last like maybe year. Cause like, mm-hmm. yeah, I still go back right before I walk on stage for any show. I'm still like in my head pacing. Yeah. You're a, you're a wreck. I'm, yeah, I'm a wreck. Yeah. I'm, believe me. I'm thinking about tonight. I'm like, Oh, oh. this is going to be the one where everybody's like, you're a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I mean, you know, we, we, we bomb too. We that's bomb true. too. And that's, that's fine. Very we just, true. that's very, very true. And I think that's part of it too, is like, we've just bombed enough that we realize like, Oh, I'll survive. Mm. I think there's something really valuable to that, especially, and this is going to be a brilliant segue back into being a first generation human, Ooh, yeah, let's do is it. The, the constant feeling that there are no second chances. Yeah. So to be in a profession where you have to face mortality like that and mm-hmm. have to know that you are going to fail many, many times, I think literally for me on a psychological level is healthy. Yeah. Because I've spent a lot of my life being like, don't fuck it up. Like, please don't fuck it up. Yeah. I think that's, that's very true. That, it's like a thing that 
most humans have that fear. That's why we fear public speaking. That's mm-hmm. like the biggest fear that people have. Um, but I feel like as creatives, we're maybe, you know, we're the people on the front line who like have to experience that every day. <laughs> um, and that is like our thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's, mm. I don't know. That's heavy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just li- no. literally having a moment. I realize we're on a show right now. But no, gonna... please. Yeah, have your moment on the show. Have okay, that great. raw moment. Cool. Yeah. Adrian's not looking at me. He's like looking off. He's having that moment. It's He's like mouthing words to himself. And edit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you want to talk about that we haven't? Um, I, no, I, I don't think... I will. I, there was a lot of points about you that I wanted to talk about, but also I was just like, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, so do you think that, uh, the fact that like that mystery box of comedy albums, you, I guess you do more than just comedy, but do you think that might've been the push for like a lot of your uh, choice to do comedy too? I think it was definitely the push for like my sensibility as a performer because comedy came later. I never even, I've told this before in the show, like acting mm-hmm. was never a thing I wanted to do. Uh, for how long? Wait, I'm just curious. So uh, basically the story is like, I was like a pretty standard like sports kid and I didn't really want to talk about Peru or speak Spanish in the house very uh-huh. much. Uh, and then uh, my dad died and then I was just like, I'm sad and only a sports kid. And my mom was like, and my mom always wanted me to take dance classes because she was a dancer. Mm-hmm. Knew that that was never going to happen because I was an asshole of a child. <laughs> and she was like, okay, fine. I'll, you have to do something that's not sports. And she literally dragged me like kicking and screaming to an acting class that I ended up enjoying. What age were you at this time when you started uh, the acting class? This classes? is like fifth or sixth grade. So I was like... Okay. 12 11 or 12 or whatever no yeah yeah 11 or 12 okay around yeah. there because i was gonna say like yeah i didn't seriously consider acting until post-college too mm. i was oh, like as like a actual as far as actually going after it and like being kind of a professional about it like that didn't happen until two years ago yeah but i mean even then like i just i did yeah i wasn't really pursuing i didn't try anything like that too much it just yeah oh well that yeah, comedy for me came later. Like, I always kind of wanted to, I always w- wanted to either try stand-up or, like, I used to go to UCB shows when I was in high school, mm. and I'd be like, oh, shit, I really love that. But then I think I forced myself to be like, I am an actor, and I, I do acting. <laughs> and then eventually I was like, Jesus Christ, I hate these people. That's where my stress came from. <laughs> yeah, oh, literally. That's, yeah. I think that's why I think it's so funny, because yeah. I know those people, and holy shit. I've, I know those people. I was that person when I was in, mm-hmm. you know, in acting school. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I think when you're in that atmosphere, you you are transformed by it. Yeah. And it, everything feel, feels like it makes sense. Yeah. And then afterwards, when you take a step away, you're like, why was I, <laughs> like, causing so much pain to myself? Yeah. And like, why did I care about any of this? Yeah. Oh, my God. But, hey, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? I don't know. Uh Donald, would you like? Do you have anything to plug? This is gonna come out next Tuesday. So okay. So if you have anything like the latter half of this month, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm on Lloyd Night um, every other Sunday at uh, Sub Subculture at mm-hmm. 7 p.m. Um, and I'm also gonna be on a Who Made the Potato Salad Asian Takeover in hey. April uh, at 11 p.m. I think it's 11, April 11th. I'll, okay. I'll, 
you know, yeah. Hey, if they've made it this far, they're going to look it up. You know? Yeah, they're going to make. They're going to look it up. Uh, it's going to be hosted by Ronnie Chang of oh, uh, Crazy cool. Rich Asians and the Daily Show. Yeah. Very very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh my god! Of course. Thank you so much for being here. This is so fun. <laughs> very please fun. please come back when uh, uh, the show is very. It's when it's as big as the Breakfast Club. Wait, the movie? Is there a no, podcast the, called The Breakfast Club? The radio station, DJ Envy and Charlemagne the God. No, I don't. I know. I probably don't know of them, but I didn't realize they're called The Breakfast Club. I want to end this show on you not getting a reference that I think you should know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Goodbye, Dad. I love Goodbye. you. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it for this week's episode of La Mezcla. Thank you so much to Donald Chang for coming in. Thank you to Simple Studios for the recording space. Uh, thank you to you, a human being, for downloading this. Please tell people about this show and try to spread the word. I'm doing a, doing the best I can to grow the audience, and uh, uh, I need all the help I can get. But seriously, thank you. Thank you so much to anybody who listens to the show uh, or tells me that they listen to it at least. <laughs> I'm, you guys, I'm so hungover. I'm so hungover right now. And I just feel like I have to be honest about that. Uh, I, I feel like I always get really weird at the end of episodes because I don't know how many people actually listen to them all the way to the end. So if anybody does listen to these all the way to the end, like send me a message on Facebook through the show's page or something. Just wishing me um, a speedy recovery from this hangover I'm currently experiencing. Uh, right. Thank you so much. Goodbye.